Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway, as always, joined by my two main men, Max Keane and Jonathan Krause. How you boys doing this week? I am good. It's good to be back. Sorry I wasn't here last week. I was under it's, the weather. Yeah, We can't I believe know. you. We almost fired you, but we decided not to. Oh, man. That's pretty serious. It was a split vote. <laughs> We're not going to tell you about that, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I can probably <laughs> guess. <laughs> yeah. It was really hard to come to you and know and miss decision when we only have two people on the committee. Yeah. But no, um, yeah, thank you guys for covering last week. Y'all did a great job. Um, I'm pretty good. It's been a good weekend. Um, been a good week. I guess it's been a good couple weeks since the last time I've seen you um, or talked to you. Uh, yeah, school is is moving, trucking along, and life is moving faster than ever. But here we are. <laughs> I heard uh, I had some advice given to me today. It was by one of the pastors at our church. Oh, sorry, not today, this week. It was by one of the pastors at our church. He's in his 50s. And he said, I don't know what it is, but something about when you reach 25, your life just goes on fast forward. He's like, life up to 25, you're just like living it up, having a good time, enjoying things. And then you hit 25 and the next thing you know, you're 50. So <laughs> if you think life is moving fast now, wait till your 25th birthday, Max. Oh, I believe <laughs> Well, I just got home from uh, a retreat that I was working at and also playing worship band for. So I am monumentally exhausted. Um, But other than that, it was a pretty cool weekend. So feeling blessed, but also feeling like I could sleep for the next 16 and a half hours and not even wake up once. So (laughs) nice. All right. Uh, I'm doing well. I uh, got some assignments that I'm, I'm working on, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. I get to uh, hang out with people. Actually, okay, the best part of my week was today I went to uh, flag football games of some of the kids that are in my ministry, and that was a blast because it brought back some memories of when I was playing flag football as a kid, and those are some of my best memories. You know, staying up late, scheming up plays with my dad, and working on how we we're going to beat the opponent and just going today brought back all those memories. So that was, that was really fun. And I was, I was privileged to be able to go and hang out with those kids and um, just get to see their games and stuff. So, you know, I'm a big football junkie. I'm going to finish this podcast and then go watch the Sunday night football game that my favorite team's playing in. So, you know, cause they <laughs> did so well the first week and <laughs> uh, I don't want to hear it. Uh, you're a Maryland fan. And uh, as far as I know, Maryland lost to Michigan yesterday. So. Actually, I was, I didn't watch the game, nor did I watch highlights, nor did I hear anything other than the score. You're a very authoritative source on the game, I see. I I am, and I have valuable opinions. Uh, The score was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Michigan should have won by way more than they did, but. There's there's no reason Maryland should ever win that game. Yeah. But the score not being 60 to zero warmed my heart. The first play was crazy. The first play, we kicked it off to Maryland. They fumbled it. We recovered it, 
and then scored on our first like offensive play after that. So we had seven points after three seconds, which means we were on pace to score 840 points in the game. Unfortunately, we fell off that pace and didn't win. Or we did win, but we didn't get 840. I mean, it was close to the end. Like with five minutes left in the game, Maryland still could have won. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes strong teams just have a week off. So, yeah, you know, just like the bet. Jets this week. <laughs> yeah, I said strong teams. Hey, we are coming for Pittsburgh next week and we will clap them. Okay. Yeah, Woo-hoo. I like yeah. Pittsburgh. <laughs> You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel there, big guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, this is uh, going to be a special episode. Um, to be honest and to be frank with you guys, we are all exhausted. The three of us have had uh, many things happen in our lives, have not been prioritizing sleep in the way that we should have been. So we were coming into this episode and we were like, God, just help us to figure out what we should talk about because we are not in a place to be super spiritual and to be like, you know, digging into the recesses of our experience and our memories and our understanding of God to like bring out some super philosophical and deep truth which we not don't to really say we're not deep. like that all the time yeah we don't really do that on any episode so i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know why i'm mentioning that anyway but yeah. uh, i mean we always talk like super spiritually in our everyday lives anyway so you know it yeah, should be us. practiced today's an off day for us <laughs> yeah we're taking a, a day of rest from the day of rest for the <laughs> so we actually um we're gonna invite a special guest to come speak on today's podcast and that special guest is god's word so what we're going to do, that was super Yeah, I, I should fire myself for that. Uh, <laughs> the transitions are getting better every episode. Yeah. High quality. Yeah, you know, that's what they pay us for. So we, uh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna uh, each read a few of our favorite worship passages. Just, you know, passages that, that cause us to worship God. And we're going to let those speak for themselves. We'll have a little bit of commentary here and there uh, when we feel it's necessary. But really what we want to do in this episode is we want to let God speak. We want to just read God's word over you. And if nothing else, you'll come out of this episode um, being edified because you had God's word read over you and you were blessed by that. So I'm going to start because I think it. Never mind. Say it again. Nothing. Sketchy. All right. I'm going to start because I think this first passage really sets the tone for kind of where we're coming from today. So uh, many of you may be familiar with the story of Job. Uh, if you're not, Job was the richest man in his region of the world when he was alive. Uh, and I believe Probably he went by job to his friends, but. <laughs> nope. Not uh, we're going to let that one. We're just going to pretend that one didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> we. Uh, yeah. So Job was the richest man in his region when he was alive, which many think was before the flood. We don't really have an exact timeline on Job's life. But he was very rich, very successful. And in Job chapter one, it's a very interesting chapter because Satan comes up to God in his throne room and he basically says, have you considered, or God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? And Satan basically says, yeah, Job fears you because you've given him everything that he needs. You've put a hedge around him and everything that he owns. You've blessed him. And so of course he's going to worship you. And then God says, Okay, well, all that he has is yours. Do whatever you want with it. The only thing you can't do is take his life. So Satan went, and the same day, Job had a series of servants come. And first they told him that all of his cattle were dead. And then they told him that all of his servants were dead. 
And then they told him that all of his children were dead. And one by one, they told him everything he had was gone. So you can imagine how distraught Job was at this point, how he felt like God had abandoned him. He felt like there wasn't much to live for anymore. And this is where we get to his response. And I think that his response is really, it's really admirable. And it's kind of the spirit from where this episode today is coming from. Obviously, we haven't gone through anything nearly as bad as Job. But each one of us is is feeling a little bit run down and a little bit tired. And we were relying on God to help us with this episode and to to guide us and where we should go and how we should how we could bless you guys with this episode. And this is Job's response to his situation that he found himself in. It says, Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped him. This is where we get Job 121. This is the verse that I want to bring up first. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. So Job just lost everything. He went from being the richest, most successful man in his region to one of the poorest, one of uh, probably the the man with the most reason to be distraught and depressed because of what he'd just gone through. His first response is to humble himself before the Lord and to say, I came into this world with nothing and I'll leave with nothing. God's given me all of this stuff and he's taken it away. His name should be blessed. Brothers and sisters, that's the attitude that we should come into our lives with. When we face hard situations, we should worship God and bless his name because he gives and he takes away. So that's kind of where I wanted to start this episode, just because that's where we're coming from. We want to bless the name of the Lord in this season when we're tired and when we we don't feel like we have much to offer. We want to allow God's word to speak. We want to bless the name of the Lord. So once again, I'll read that verse, Job 121, and then I'll open it up and we'll move on to the other verses that we want to use to worship God today. Job 121. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, Job is definitely a extremely convicting person in the Bible because who would respond so maturely like Job did to a situation like that? I mean, we get pissed off when we walk outside and our car won't start because the battery's dead and we have to jump the car. I mean, like it could be the smallest things in the world and we just get so upset over them. But imagine like I don't know. I got most of us probably don't have kids, but if there's anyone on the podcast that listens that have kids, just imagine someone coming up to you and say, Hey, all your kids just died in a car accident. Like that would just wreck your life. That's like, it sounds terrible, but that's like game over. Thanks for playing right there. That, that is awful. That is so hard to live through. And Job had that happen with literally everything in his life that would have been important to him. Um, and not important to him, just literally everything. So that is, it's pretty, pretty crazy to see what Job went through um, and for him not to curse God through that. And I actually, uh, the passage that I kind of want to go through is uh, one that I actually went, uh, heard this weekend, which is Luke 7, um, where Jesus uh, essentially forgives the the woman that came to him while he was reclining at a a Pharisees or a, a teacher of the law um, house. And I don't want to read the whole passage because it's actually kind of long for you, but, or, or long for, for 
kind of what we're doing here because I don't want to get I don't want to get lost in the details um, because there's so much and so much rich truths that we can grab from that passage. But I just kind of want to jump into the heart of the context, which is incredible because that woman to go to Jesus in that situation, Jesus is at the house of a teacher of the law, a respected person. And Jesus is obviously at this point in time, he hasn't been discredited by the Jewish people yet. So he is still considered to be, they're trying to figure out if he's a prophet or if he's um, an amazing teacher or something like that, um, which is probably part of the reason that this teacher of the law invited Jesus over because he wanted to understand who is this Jesus and, and why does Jesus have the authority to to heal people and, and to teach with with such spiritual audacity. And this woman comes into the house and it says in the passage that she is known to be a sinner. It doesn't say what we know about her, like what is her sin? I mean, most people can conjecture that that she's probably a prostitute in some sort for the majority of people to know as a culture that she is a sinner because you have to be doing some outright stuff for that to be the case. But we don't know actually what the case is here. But she comes in, probably the bottom of the barrel in terms of the way people see her, um, the disdain that people have for her. I mean, we look down on people in our society today for, for different things. But imagine being in a Jewish society where they held the law to such a degree and being someone like that who is so openly a sinner in that regard and then coming into literally a place of pure judgment so that you could simply see Jesus and she sees Jesus and she walks over behind him and she washes his feet with um, a bottle of perfume that she had an alabaster flask it says in the passage and she wiped his feet with her hair and her tears and poured the perfume on his feet and essentially anointing him, but anointing his feet, which is really, really interesting here. And after they had talked about this passage this past weekend, I was thinking about it and kind of reflecting on it and just how, literally how marvelous and amazing this is. And Jesus talks to the Pharisee in the passage and actually answers the Pharisee's thoughts because the Pharisee thinks something and Jesus responds to it. But what's so incredible about this is the fact that the whole process of her anointing his feet. And I was thinking about this, I was like, why is, why is that so important in the passage that she would anoint his feet? And I was thinking, why not anoint his head? Because that's what, what scripture often alludes to when in back in old Testament times, they would anoint the head of someone who's supposed to be become King like Saul or David. Um, or you can think about new Testament where it talks about in uh, is it, is it James or Timothy that talks about anoint the head of someone and pray for their healing? That's James. James five. That's James. Okay. Yeah. So there we see another passage of anointing someone's head. And the only other passage that we really see with, with the washing of feet is when Jesus washed the disciples' feet out of humility and service towards them. I mean, there's all, there are other stuff to do with feet. But I was thinking about Jesus. He doesn't need to be anointed because he's already king. The reason they anointed people in, in the Old Testament is because the anointing was the signification of them becoming king. 
But Jesus is already king. He's already the position of authority. He doesn't need to be anointed on his head. I was thinking, but but she's still anointing his feet, so that's still important somehow. And then the Ephesians 6 passage popped into my mind. What does it say about what we should wear in terms of the armor of God? What are the shoes? It says the shoes bring the good news, the gospel. Who is the gospel? It's literally Jesus. And so she is anointing his feet as he brings the good news of the gospel. And that is literally the armor of God, the shoes. I was kind of making these connections. I thought it was so, so awesome and so, so powerful. But not only that, just the the strength of that scene that it talks about in the passage of literally the repentance from the woman and the absolute love and kindness and faithfulness and mercy that comes from Jesus as he rebukes the Pharisee for taking judgment on her while also lifting her up in forgiveness by saying that her faith has made her well. And that passage was just like really, really heavy on my heart. And there is so much more deep stuff in that passage. And I really encourage you guys to read it. It's it's Luke 7, um, verse 36 through the rest of the passage. So take a peek at that if you if you have some time on your hands and just kind of go and, and do a deep dive into it. It is really, really amazing. And you can pull some crazy stuff out of it. So that's kind of the f- passage that I wanted to bring up. Awesome. Thank you guys for sharing. I guess it's my turn to jump in. Um, I'll preface this by saying I'm in a college dorm uh, <laughs> where the walls are very thin. So And guys just randomly yell, Mom. Yes, there may <laughs> be some just random yelling. Um, but I want to... Uh-huh. I just wanted to prepare the audience in case. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Also, for context here, because it probably will get edited out. Yes. Max was talking a couple of minutes ago, and somebody <laughs> in the background sounded like they yelled mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but I want to turn to Luke uh, chapter 24, because, um, I mean, I read this passage, and I can't help but just be amazed. Um, so I'll read that for you, uh, verses Uh, 1 to 6 of Luke 24 says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found this stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? Remember, or he is not here, but as, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. Um, and I love this passage so much because this is where, for us as Christians, we get our hope from, through the resurrection of Christ. Um, and my favorite phrase in that passage is, why do you seek the living among the dead? They thought that he was dead. Because, I mean, he was. He was dead for three days. But he came back to life. And that's where us as Christians can have our hope. And so I read that passage. And it just makes me want to worship. Because only God could do that. And it's only by him that we can be saved as well. So I just love that passage there. Yeah, that's a good one. It's You know, the resurrection is the greatest miracle that God performed and he did it for us. 
he did it to show how much he loves us. So that is, it really is beautiful. And this next verse that I'm going to read is, it's going to hit Jonathan in the feels, because this is a verse that Jonathan introduced me to many years ago. Uh, he didn't introduce me to it, but it's one of the ones that he I hear him talk about all the time. And it's stuck with me since he started. Wait, now I'm curious. So uh, I'm actually not going to say that verse. I just want Jonathan to, to be curious for the rest no. of his life. Well, <laughs> all right, do me dirty like that. So uh, <clears throat> this verse comes from John chapter three. And John the Baptist came as a forerunner to Christ. He uh, came and his purpose, <laughs> <laughs> his purpose was literally to come before Christ and to set the way to prepare uh, the path for Christ's feet and to, to open the, the way and make sure that everything was ready for the coming of Christ. But the crazy thing is that he didn't know who Christ was. He knew that, that the lamb of God was somewhere, but he didn't know who it was. And John was so humble that when he saw Christ and God revealed to him that that is the one that he was waiting for. This was his response. John chapter three, verse 30. He must increase, but I must decrease. Going on, John says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he's seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the spirit without measure. The father loves the son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So we see this exaltation from John to Christ. John exalts Christ and it all begins with the line, he must increase, but I must decrease. Now this may not seem important to you if you don't know the story of John the Baptist, but at this time, John was, was creating quite a following. John had many people following him. He was baptizing people every day. He had disciples just like Jesus. He was going around. He was the leader of one of the biggest ministries in the region at the time, anointed by God, sent for a purpose specifically given to him by God, somebody who was prophesied about in the Old Testament. John was popular. He was famous. He had everything that, that a Jewish person could want at that time. And when Christ came, he immediately laid it down and said, he must increase and I must decrease. We should all have this attitude. We should all have the attitude of God must increase or Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. We should live lives seeking to point people toward God, not to point people toward ourselves. And when Jonathan brought this up many years ago, I just, I heard him say that and I was like, man, that's, that's so true. Like that should be our life slogan. Christ must increase and I must decrease. It's, if you're living your life for you, you're not living your life the way God intended. So let's live lives where God is increased and we are decreased. I do love that verse. <laughs> There's a few of those. There's like two or three verses in the Bible that every time I read them, you're the guy I think of. And yeah, I, the moment you said John three, I was like, ah, oh, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do. I, I, I just think it's so important in our lives, like you said, to, to remind ourselves of the humility that we're supposed to have towards Christ. Um, and I mean, I say this all the time. I've said this probably like, five to 10 times, at least on the podcast. But man, if you don't understand the humility of Christ, 
read Philippians 2. Mm. And you will realize a level of humility that you will never be able to reach in your life because of the depth of the humility of Christ and what he's exemplified for us. And it's even more humbling to realize that we will never get that humble. (laughs) So, but I think honestly, especially in in a lot of people's lives, they're like, we've talked about pride before on the podcast and how um, deep seating pride can be in a lot of people's lives. So I think that passage is is an awesome one. So thank you for bringing that up. So I'll jump in with the next one, um, which comes from Revelation 4. Um, and this passage, um, or I guess this verse, reminds me of Virginia. Um, I went down to uh, my friend's church and visited. And um, for the young adults group, they had us memorize this verse um and you know they were like all right we're gonna take 10 minutes and memorize this verse and like i had never heard it before i mean i'm sure i heard it before but i you know didn't remember it and since then it's been one of my favorite verses um but revelation 4 11 says worthy are you our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will, they existed and were created. I'm going to read it again. It says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For by your will, they existed and were created. Um, and I just love this verse uh, because it says why God needs to be worshipped. Um I guess one of the many reasons uh, why God deserves to be worshipped. But for us, he created us by his will. He created all things. And because of that, like, he created it out of nothing. And, like, to be able to do that is amazing. And so because of that, God is worthy of our worship. Um, and with the passage I read earlier, you know, ultimately worship should come out of a heart of thankfulness because of what Christ has done through being raised from the grave. Um, and our hearts need to go back to the passage that Christian just read, where we must decrease and he must increase because he is the one who deserves glory and honor and power, not us but him and it is just an amazing picture um of of what god deserves and not something that we can claim for ourselves, but only through christ and i'm just overjoyed with all that god has done and that passage man just makes me want to worship <laughs> So we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Um, Like we said, it was probably slower paced and shorter than usual. Um, But that's just because we wanted to come in here and be honest with you guys that we're not going to have any crazy, uh, crazy things to say or or really anything to offer uh, from ourselves, which is why we wanted to give it to God. And we wanted to allow God to speak through the passages that we read. Uh, We hope that you guys were blessed by what we said 
We hope that this at least gave you guys an opportunity to take a take a second, a break from the world, and to just remember how great our God is. He's a God that's worthy to be praised. He's the God who gives and takes away, the God who raised from the dead. He's a God who deserves to increase while we decrease, the God whose feet we ought to anoint, the God who is worthy of all of our praise because he created us. This is the God we serve. What a mighty, loving, awesome God we serve. We love you guys. We are so, so grateful that you guys come back every week. Uh, this It really means a lot to us. You're the reason that we do this podcast. And let's continue this. Let's continue living as followers of Christ, people who are not ashamed of who Christ is, but rather people who are bold to go out and to share his love, to share his grace, and to share his good news. Brothers and sisters, if you have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ before, we are all sinners who have offended a holy God. And Jesus died on the cross because we deserve an eternal wrath. We can't pay that, but Christ can. So Christ died on the cross to satisfy God's eternal wrath on our behalf. And if only we put our faith in Jesus and repent of our sins, then we can be saved. We love you guys, and we want you to know the gospel. If you guys have any questions or topic recommendations or people you'd like us to interview, give us an email. Send us an email at christianmaxorjonathan at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can hit us all at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at livingvictorypodcast. Uh, and if you guys feel so led, you can donate to our show at livingvictorypodcast.com slash donate. We love you guys. We're so humbled that you come back every single week. Let's give the glory to God. Let's go out, shine our lights this week, and let's live increasing Christ and decreasing ourselves. We love you guys. And as always, love each other and shine your lights.